Before we continue, we'd like to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Newcastle Business District. The Newcastle Business District continues to promote, develop, and enhance our downtown business area through community projects, promotions, and economic development. It was first created in 1983 under the name Newcastle Business Association and was renamed Downtown Miramichi Business Network. This was following Newcastle's incorporation into the new city of Miramichi in 1999. In 2006, it was renamed again to Newcastle Business District. Despite the many changes in its name over the years, the organization's goal has always remained the same, which is to further enhance the active growth of the downtown business community, Newcastle Business District. Shop Downtown Newcastle. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Corcoran Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corcoran, coming at you today with another episode. Uh, just to do a little plug before we start the show today, uh, just to let you guys know that uh, it is show week. It is Playhouse Coral Week. Uh, we open on Thursday, which uh, is two days from now, which is crazy. Um, uh, so, yeah, guys, definitely be sure uh, we open uh, Thursday and we run until Saturday. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know what the dates are, <laughs> it's uh, the 16th, 17th, and 18th. Because uh, if I just say Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you'd be like, what does that mean? When next is it this month, next month, whatever. Anyway, I don't know what I'm saying. Anyways, uh, so, yeah, we open on Thursday. Uh, you can get your tickets now or purchase them at the door, uh, whichever works best for you. Tickets are $20. Doors open at 6.30, and the show starts at 7. And... Stay tuned for next week's episode because uh, it will be our regular insider podcast, uh, which we do after every uh, production uh, we do. We have the cast on, talk about our experiences working on the show. And uh, so, yeah, that will be next week. We'll have as many cast members as uh, as possible. And uh, just come on out and, uh, and uh, support local theater, guys. It's going to be a great show. So super stoked to see uh, everybody there. Super excited to... To show everyone what we've been working on uh, this past uh, fall, so super, super uh, exciting, lots of fun. Um, so, anyways, uh, so my guest today uh, is a man named Mister Positive. Uh, that's his uh, code name, but his real name is Kim Lombard. Uh, he's a comedian, writer, former uh, musician. Uh, he writes for the Bell Five TV One series. Pink is in. Uh, he he has gone through lots of different um uh uh he wore multiple different hats i should say uh started off with music uh playing drums uh some stand up comedy now he's a writer uh on the aforementioned series pink is in uh we'll chat a little bit about that uh and uh lots of good stuff humor talk a little bit about chris rock and uh yeah you you guys will will see for yourself if um if you plan on listening to the whole episode, which I hope you are. Um, and uh, later in the show, I want to talk about why multiple film contracts don't mean anything to me. Uh, like whenever they announce, oh, so-and-so signed a multiple film deal. I'm going to talk about why, in my opinion, that doesn't mean anything and that why we should not take that as fact. And then I also want to get my thoughts on uh, the recent news with regards to the Legend of Zelda uh, link uh, race swapping situation. There's some people talking about that. For those of you guys who don't know, uh, we'll talk about that more at length near the end of the show. So, but uh, anyways, guys. Oh, and by the way, um, it's not a, a topic of discussion here, but the writer strike, or sorry, the actor strike is now done officially. Um, which it's 
awesome. It's awesome to hear that they finally came to an agreement. Uh, I said before that it's always hard for me to talk about it and dedicate topics to it because, you see, I record these episodes a few days in advance. And uh, so the the strike is changing all the time. There was one episode where I had... Uh, uh, when the actor strike originally ended the first time, uh, I I talked about a brief. <laughs> I, I I recorded that segment and said, "All right, guys, the strike's done. This and that. Yay, yay, yay. We're getting back to work." And then uh, as soon as like I think like an hour after I finished uh, recording it, uh, next thing you know, nope, the deal didn't go through. Uh, and so I was like, "Well, shit. Now I got to redo that segment." So, uh, and just talk about something else. So that's why I try to avoid talking about that for the solo segments just because of how much it changes um but as it stands right now it's been a few days now since they announced that the actor strike is done so i think it's done it's done for good which hopefully it stays that way uh so um anyway so yeah super stoked about that we'll get to see all of our favorite tv shows movies all that good stuff um as uh you know the strike is done people are getting back to work and uh, we can stop with this new pandemic. As I say, the writer's strike is the new pandemic, and I don't like it. Uh, I just want to see the industry back up on its feet. I don't want to see any more pauses or anything like that. But anyways, uh, that's enough rambling for now. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show today, guys. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Corcoran Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corcoran, and today I am joined by uh, Mr. Positive, although his real name is uh, Kim Lombard. Whichever one uh, you prefer, you guys will see in the episode description. I've used both. Uh, choose uh, whichever one works best for you. Uh, but uh, he is a uh, multi-talented uh, writer, comedian. Uh, he's done a, a little bit of music throughout his career. Uh, he is now also the uh, uh, a writer on the uh, Bell 5 TV uh, sitcom, uh, uh, sitcom Pink is In. Uh, Mr. Pa- or Kim, how are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the intro. Thank you. Uh, I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, yes, absolutely. I appreciate you uh, coming out. And uh, so um, which uh, which name uh, do you always prefer? Whatever. Like, so I uh, like there's people out there who are like rappers or they're uh, or if they're actors and they have a stage name, they prefer to be the stage name. And then sometimes uh, they'll have the stage name, but they'll prefer to be called by the real name. How do you go about that with your with the uh, two personas? <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, actually, my name is Kim Lombard, but uh, I, I just joke around and use the name Mr. Positive. Now, if you talk to any of my ex-girlfriends, it would be something that we couldn't repeat on the air here. So uh, I prefer to go with uh, Mr. Positive or, or Kim Lombard, your choice. Perfect. There we go. So uh, as I said in the intro, I'll leave it up to uh, the audience, uh, whichever they prefer, whichever is the easiest. But uh, you've done uh, you wear uh, many different hats. I mean, uh, reading about your career. So, of course. So you started as a musician. Are you still doing much with uh, music and stuff like that nowadays? Or is it more so you've you've uh, kind of shifted your focus on to writing and comedy? Uh, no, more writing and comedy. I was a drummer for about 35 years. I toured extensively. But um, because my I was a drummer and because my head bopped around like a Muppet. 
uh, damaged my neck and I had some pretty major surgery. So I thought that was the uh, sign. It was time to hang up the sticks. Oh my God. And, and, and so the band was Trixie goes to Hollywood. Although, uh, so of course, uh, most people should know the band Frankie goes to Holly or, 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 or uh, Frankie goes Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's, which one came first? Because, uh, yeah, um, I love how, uh, it said here, uh, your claim to fame is that Frankie goes to Hollywood uh, or Frankie goes Hollywood. I keep saying goes to Hollywood. Frankie goes Hollywood stole uh, your name. That's that's crazy. That's true, is it? That's a true story. Yes. And uh, really and truly. So we were we were uh, Trixie goes Hollywood and uh, Frankie uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood um, was apparently in the beginning just called Frankie. And we sent a demo to their management office, and then uh, then they became friends. This is the story we heard back from England because they're a British band. Uh, but it didn't really matter because my Trixie Goes Hollywood had imploded by that point, so we didn't really care. But that was yes, we we sent a demo to their management office, and then uh, heard later about this band called Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Uh, so, but again, like I said though, by that point we we'd imploded, and I'd sort of moved on to a new band, so nobody really cared. Oh, well, there you go. And you haven't really done much uh, with the music nowadays anyway. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's just almost like a Marky Mark thing where it's like Mark Mark <laughs> Wahlberg. That was his thing uh, at first. Now he's more so an actor and he kind of left that behind. Uh, uh, do you still do the odd music here and there? Like, do you like uh, is there the odd time where you'll, where you'll see a set of drums and you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of want to uh, <laughs> give that a go again. Or is it more so just nope, that's behind me? No, that's behind me because playing drums is it was was a job, you know. It was like going to work. But I will say that in uh, in Pink Is In, pardon me, in Pink Is In, we uh, we did record a couple of songs for for the show, and I actually sang the tunes. Um, we did a, a drunk Santa. We did a Christmas episode, and there was a, a drunk Santa, and uh, we had um, we we did Silent Night, and I actually sang the song. And uh, and then we did a second song uh, called Tornado Through the Backyard, uh, which shows up in the very last episode, episode 12, um, where they have a variety show. And so I sang that song as well, wrote and sang that song. Oh, wow. Isn't isn't that something? eh? Wow. And uh, that's like so, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, you are uh, are you the. Are you the head writer of uh, Pink is In? Are you the head writer or are you like uh, a team of writers? How does that work? Well, the way it works is I'm actually the writer, the only writer. But, you know, I work with a a great team and a great cast and people give me input all the time. And I'm happy to, you know, you just want to make it as funny as possible. So if somebody comes up with an idea and it's like, wow, is that ever funny? Yes, of course we use it. I'm I'm certainly not going to deny uh, outside uh, outside ideas and and anything that might improve the script, I'm open to any of that. Yeah, and I mean definitely in any type of uh, writing or anything uh, like that, any type of creative endeavor, there's always going to be lots of uh, okay, maybe try it this way or no, no, maybe that doesn't uh, work. I mean, like that's one big thing too. That's always so. I mean, uh, uh. Being that you're like the only writer for this show is uh, uh, does that kind of give you a little bit more? Is that almost like a weight off your shoulder where it's like I'm the writer, like I don't really have to go through many others. Uh, It's just me. Or is it like, oh, geez, I wish I kind of had someone to help uh, bounce ideas off of. How does that whole process go? 
Um, with this particular project, it just happened that I, I was the sole writer. I have written with partners in the past, and that works every bit as well, because uh, it's great to bounce ideas off them. But I will say this, uh, with Pink is In, the cast are so talented. And if they want to improv a line and throw something in, geez, who am I to say no? Because there's some real talent on the show. And um, and so sometimes they'll, they'll just add a little line. And it's like, my God, that's hilarious. Let's just use that instead. And, and, you know, obviously you want to make it as funny as possible. So, yeah, I'm always open to anybody's suggestions. Yes, it really, really comes in handy. Um, I mean, like, uh, uh, and I, I never like there's always some people that are like, I can't, you know, we're not we're not taking any suggestions from the actors like I'm the writer. We're doing it my way kind of thing. Uh, to me, I never like that. To me, it's like if the actors have a great idea, like go for it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's always uh, I think it's a blessing to have people working for you for a project like that, that are able to come up with ideas that are just as good as what uh, you've come up with. I think I mean, uh, uh, how do you uh, stand on that? Well, I know I absolutely agree. And I have actually seen the reverse where um, I was playing drums in a movie called uh, many, many years ago. And I'm blank. And I was called Glory, Glory. And um, so when when they were shooting the film, uh, they they at one point they wanted to change one word in a sentence and they went over and asked the writer if it was OK. I thought that was just incredibly, it was outrageous, but you know, he was really locked into the script and he wanted things said a certain way. So they asked permission anytime they wanted to make a change. And that one particular time that I witnessed, it was one word they wanted to change. Um, but I would never be like that. Cause you know, there's when you're surrounded by such talent, then you, everybody's got great ideas. Yes, definitely. Everyone's got that where, well, well, well then it, it would also make, probably uh your actors a little more hesitant to like uh like speak up and say hey like maybe could we try uh this here or maybe uh do i have to do it this way here because um uh, having directors and and and, and uh, people behind the scenes who are so open to oh yeah like i'm all i'm always open to fresh ideas or new jokes or if you have um one thing i saw it was uh conan o'brien said it it was uh because of course he has his sidekick andy throughout you know all of his uh, uh late night career and it was always whatever gets the biggest or whoever comes up uh, with a joke first. It it doesn't matter who says it. Just say it like, uh, you know what I mean? So just because it's Conan's show, Andy comes up uh, with a joke. He doesn't have to run it by Conan. It's just, uh, you know, whoever comes up uh, with the funniest thing, just say it. You know what I mean? And I've always kind of liked how they uh, how they uh, went about that. Yeah, I was a big Conan fan, and I have to agree, Andy Richter's, he's, you know, that's why they hired him, and and uh, I remember there was a period of time when he left the show, and uh, I don't believe uh, Conan replaced him with anybody, and then Andy came back, and I and I, I, I know Conan just loves him, and, and he's real quick, he's really witty, so uh, yeah, to have somebody like that on your show is just such a bonus. Exactly, because like you'll watch it without Andy, I had no idea uh, that he left, uh, that must have been during the uh, late night days probably, was it? I'm going to say, yeah, I can't quite remember, but I remember the, you know, it, it, it affected Conan, you know, he really loved Andy. And, but anyway, then they obviously they got back together again. And now I, I think that the latest thing Conan's doing, I don't think Andy's with him now either. No, he does. Um, he has a, uh, uh, podcast called, uh, Conan O'Brien uh, needs a friend and it's him, 
his producer Matt Gorley and uh, Sona Mavsesian. I think that's how you say her name. Uh, they've kind of been with him throughout uh, yeah. all the years. But Andy, I'm not sure uh, what Andy's up to now. I mean, hopefully we uh, get to see him pop up somewhere throughout the uh, uh, sometime. Uh, hopefully he's doing well. You know, we all love Andy. Um, so, uh, I have to ask you this. I mean, like we're talking about, uh, you know, comedians like Conan, uh, this, this is something that I read about you. Um, uh, you were a stand up comic until your girlfriend fired you. What's, what's the story on that? I was kind of curious to see how I don't know where you read that. That's really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I, uh, I always tell people I was on the road for, uh, like 30 years and eight girlfriends. Um, cause I've, as I've said in previous podcasts that, you know, the women all think they can take it, but you know, musicians are on the road a lot. So women spend a lot of time by themselves. So, um, but with my, to do with standup, yeah, I did a lot of standup, but a lot of it was actually with the band. Um, cause the band was, uh, it was a fun band. We always tried to make a lot of uh, audience interaction and stuff. So most of my standup stuff was actually on stage with the band, um, but uh, yeah, I, I did I did a lot of stand up as well, and I love it. It's it's uh, you're, you it's like you know it's like a hockey player skating with no stick. There's no backup. You know you you you're on your own. You you got to do it. You got to pull it off because there's no one to back you up. But when I was doing it with the band, you had three other guys to bounce the gags off of. You know, you had three other guys that you could bounce jokes and and um, and it was a lot easier than just being up on stage by yourself. I'm always incredibly impressed by. Uh, uh, stand-up comics. I, I'm a big fan of all the weird stand-ups like Mitch Hedberg or Stephen Wright or Dimitri Martin or um, me, rest in peace, Greg Greg Giraldo. Oh, yes. Oh, and you also uh, rest in peace to uh, Mitch Hedberg as well. Yeah, Hedberg's not movie. with us anymore. Um, and, and you know, so I, I like these guys. Like, I think one, one of my favorite comics is Emu Phillips. And he usually gets voted the best, com uh, best comedian by all the other comedians. His jokes are just so clever. Um, so I, that's when I listen or, you know, aspire to be, to do stand up. I always, I always try to make the joke very clever because I, that's, that's what impresses me the most as opposed to someone like say a Seinfeld, who's more observational, uh, uh, comedy. What's your opinion on, uh, actor or, uh, comedians who always heavily rely on, uh, like just because I see so many uh, different comedians where if they use the F-bomb, that's where everyone starts laughing. Like, what's your opinion on that? I've never liked like like there's many stand up comics like uh, 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 Bill Burr, Bob Saget, some of them, uh, Chris Rock, who will say the F-bomb a lot. But what they're doing is it's funny. But then there's some comedians I've seen where it's just, oh, F this, F that. And the jokes aren't even funny, but the audience is still laughing. Like, what's your opinion on that kind of humor well i'm really proud to tell you that in the 12 episodes of pink is in them that we've done so far uh there's one swear word and it was improv wow so there's no swearing and and actually to be honest with you i i have to agree with what you're saying uh swearing is sort of an easy way out and, and an easier way to get to get a laugh um a really good true clever comedian doesn't swear there's no need for it the joke stands on its own Yes, absolutely. Like to me, it was always I mean, like some people, of course, uh, the late Bob Saget, uh, some people uh, would say when they watch his comedy, oh, he swears too much. He's like, 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 like uh, this and that. But uh, there were lots of his jokes. I mean, like a good chunk of them where it's like, no, there's 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 good humor in there without the F-bombs. And then there's some comedians. Um, um, 
there's one off the, uh he was he, it was on the tip of my tongue i can't remember it now uh but uh it was like uh a stand up special where it's oh coming up f in this and f f f f f fuck 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 and the audience is laughing but i'm like that was so unoriginal that wasn't even a joke it was just you just spouted out a bunch of uh bs and it, and just threw, threw threw the f word in and there was no comedy there you know what i mean like to me like it was just i know i was never a fan of that type you know no i i do agree with you and there's uh yeah there's different there's just different styles you know there's some comedians that are just out to shock you um and then there's some that one of the one of the funniest comedians i think he's very very dark and he and he he's but he's very clever and that's anthony jesselnick um, yes you know it's like he the joke's going down one road and then all of a sudden the punchline's way over in left field and it's like wow how did he think of that that's so brilliant um and and again you know but he does swear but it but in his case it kind of adds to the gag but yes, I do agree with you. A lot of comedians are swearing because the, the 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 content really isn't that good. Yeah, and and it's like okay, they're feeding off the audience reaction where it's okay, they're laughing. I'm just gonna how much how much more can I uh 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 make this? You know what I mean? Like keep keep them going, keep them going. Well, you know, it, like I think their... it's it's done for shock value. Mm. Yes, absolutely. That's one way to put it. Where. Uh, I mean, I know, I mean, like working in theater, audience starts laughing at something uh, you did and you suddenly get the urge to, I'm going to give it more. I'm going to give it more. But then there's sometimes where you kind of got to pull it back because then it becomes too much. So it's like, don't get too excited. Don't get uh, in uh, over your head is one mm -hmm. thing that uh, one, one, uh, one big thing uh, that I've learned uh, 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 doing live uh, entertainment uh, over the years. Um but uh, I mean, speaking of that kind of humor and stuff like that, I mean, because we're seeing a lot more of it in the news with uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. I want to ask you, you know, being a comic yourself, uh, your opinion on uh, the whole thing with uh, Chris Rock, Will Smith, uh, which I mean, never seems to end. I mean, like, I, I didn't think people would still be talking about it. It's been almost two years since it happened. And it's still like it feels like it just happened yesterday. Um, uh, but being a comedian uh, yourself, I was kind of curious where you stood on uh, Chris Rock and the way he went about that joke to uh, Jada. Um, to, to be honest, I I, I thought for, for me, like I'm a big proponent of free speech. You, you should be able to say anything you want. And if the person is offended listening to it, well, then change the channel or turn it off or don't don't watch. Um but uh, so Chris Rock said the joke, uh, obviously offended um, Will Smith. And, and, you know, I think I'm sure Will Smith would love a do over. Like, I'm sure he realized after, my God, I really overreacted. Um, but I also think that Chris Rock handled it incredibly well. Um, and they should all just move on. I mean, it was I'm like I said, I'm sure Will Smith went, oh, God, what did I do? You know, Um but it was, you know, it, it, he he reacted on emotion. So, um, you know, it's it's water under the bridge. I don't know how much longer they can drag the whole thing out. No, exactly. Well, I remember someone mentioned it. Uh, they said uh, we all would have forgotten about that joke in like a day. But yes. Will Smith made sure we remembered it forever. Like, that's why people are still talking about it. Because like, just like I like like really like 
honestly, <laughs> because of how the Oscars were uh, that year, just with COVID and stuff like that, and things were getting pushed and stuff. I honestly forgot the Oscars were on that night until I popped on I, I, until I popped on social media. I'm like, oh, the Oscars were, were, were last night. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. uh, so in that way, it gave some really good publicity because normally I follow the Oscars. In that case, I completely forgot they were happening. Yes. Um, but that's just uh, uh, one example, I mean, of of uh, humor and uh, maybe just trying to find that uh, line. I mean, like, uh, what's your opinion on um, uh, finding that line between, OK, should I say this joke or should I not? Like, that's just one thing that's very uh, that that became super clear and that the Chris Rock and Will Smith thing was a big example of, geez, maybe I shouldn't have said that. You know what I mean? Like, what's your take on it? Well, when I write, uh, sadly, I self-censor because, uh, you know, you'll write a joke and then you'll think, oh, God, is this going to offend somebody? So I have sort of pulled jokes out when I'm writing. And then a couple of times, um, you know, when we shot Pink is In, um, you present the gag to one of the cast members and they're like, hey, Kim, would you mind if we tweak this a little bit, change it a little bit because it would might offend so-and-so? And I'm okay with that because it it really it makes you work hard to come up with something funnier, something stronger than what you'd written, and and often on the spot, you know. Um, so, but but yeah, in the world we live in now, you know, it doesn't matter. It seems to seems to me that no matter what you write, um, you're going to offend somebody somewhere, and that's why I'm always very impressed with people like Ricky Gervais. He does not care if you're offended. Well, so be it. I don't. He doesn't care. Um, I think Bill Burr's a lot like that, and Dave Chappelle's a lot like that. They, they, if if you don't like what I'm saying, well, don't watch me. Um, but I guess as an upstart comedian, it would be a little more difficult to break through because of this whole um, sort of everybody's offended by something. You know, it's it's you, you really gotta, like I said earlier, you, you gotta sort of self censor a little bit um, because. You know, for us, when when we finished the script and we present it to the network, they did ask me to pull out a few. They were very, very good. They're awesome to me. But a couple of times they said, hey, man, would you mind changing this? Would you mind tweaking that? And I'm OK with it because obviously, you know, um, you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Exactly. And you want to stay on the air and keep a job. Yeah. So you're like, like, no, no, I'm keeping that joke in. OK, well, then, you know, go uh, go go sign a deal with another network or something like that, because we can't have you on here. So, I mean, that's one thing, too. I, I, I mean, like uh, speaking of uh, uh, Pink is in and uh, uh, being the writer on it. Um, I mean, uh, what's it like uh, with regards to how your creative vision is affected by like uh, the like some uh, behind the scenes stuff. Like, let's say you have your whole season mapped out, whole episode mapped out, and then uh, some things like uh, behind the scenes could happen. Where like, oh, this or like, oh, oh, like budgetary reasons and stuff like that. Like, I've seen lots of shows where they had a vision and then something happened behind the scenes, budget, whatever, network issues, kind of thing, and they had to completely revamp it. Uh, uh. Have you ever dealt with anything uh, like that in in your writing uh, career? Or? No, no. I, we've been very, like I said, the network is awesome to us. Really wonderful people that uh, that we deal with. Um, but yeah, when you know, we're not like um, it. Yeah, you do sort of take the budget into consideration. Like I would never do a scene where uh, there, you know, we need 
500 background extras, you know, that sort of thing, because it, it ups the budget. Um, so I am kind of aware of that when I'm writing to just be uh, wary of cost, you know, and any anybody would be wary of cost, you know, if they can save money. Um, but no, we've, we've been really lucky, like no, no one's bothered us at all. They just, just a couple of things, hey, would you mind changing this or that? And it was nothing. I was felt really lucky. And that's great, though, really. I mean, that's the uh, that's a really, really good. I mean, I've seen lots of stories where uh, like 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 a certain TV shows. Oh, network. Oh, the we're cutting the budget. We're doing all this. We're doing all that. And it's like, OK, now we got to completely change uh, the story. But I mean, you've been very lucky with uh, uh, Pink is in where you haven't really had to deal with that. And you're lucky to have a, a great network. Really, that's true. Um, uh, so what can you tell us about uh, Pink is in? We've kind of talked a little bit about the whole process and stuff like that. Uh, what can you tell uh, my listeners about Pink is in where you can watch it, what uh, what it's sure. about, and uh, all that stuff. All right. Well, I'll start at the beginning then. Uh, Pink is in is a, a comedy, a very wacky comedy that is uh, takes place in a very poorly run private women's prison. Um, I play the CEO of the prison, and I have like five brain cells left, and uh, I'm always in conversation with the warden who's incredibly frustrated uh, because I'm such a, a, a nut job. Um, and it takes place, uh, we shoot the show in, in a place called Dundas, Ontario, which has sort of been absorbed by Hamilton, Ontario, um, in a very, very old building. It's I believe it was built in 1890. So it's just perfect to, to sort of show this rundown prison um because the place the building we're in is is actually kind of beat up although it's a really cool venue it's it, it's perfect for what we shoot um this very broke private prison uh where in one episode they're trying to uh figure out ways to raise money and they they do things like uh selfie with a con you pay you pay five dollars and you get to have your photo <laughs> taken with a with a death row inmate or you know that sort of thing um, and then uh, later on in the in the series, we put on a variety show because we're trying to raise money to keep the the doors open because it's so the, the prison's so broke. Um, but but it did well enough on Bell that um, we actually got picked up by Amazon Prime in the United States, and now we're on Tubi in the USA, which is awesome. And we are also on Amazon Prime in uh, in England. So the show's picking up steam. It's starting to get noticed. And um, it, it's just been wonderful to, to work with these people. And I, I can't wait to get back at it. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I mean, of course, now that uh, the uh, strike and stuff like that has ended, we're seeing lots of uh, of uh, shows and stuff like that. Everything seems to be kind of uh, getting back to normal. First, we had a pandemic and then we had a, uh, a strike uh, which lasted so long. Now everyone's kind of getting back to where you guys are. Are uh, you guys all SAG members? Are you guys part of that union? Or you no, know? we're we're. Uh, this is a Canadian production. I know some of the actors are in SAG, but we are we are all ACTRA members, which is a, a, a for argument's sakes, it's the Canadian SAG. It's a similar oh, idea. Okay, um, I kept thinking so, uh, it was SAG, and then I was like, oh geez, maybe I better clarify that. <laughs> yeah, SAG is in the United States, but but some of our actors, like I said, we've had some really big actors. Uh, one one episode we had a, a guy who's just brilliant. His name is A.C. Peterson. Um, he's on the series with uh, Stil uh, Sylvester Stallone called um, Oh God, it's called Tulsa Kings, 
And um, I would imagine he's sad because they did. They shot in Oklahoma. Um, and then, you know, a couple of our other actors are, you know, have done some pretty big stuff. Uh, Patrick McKenna is on the show. Uh, he was on Traders, Murdoch Mysteries. Uh, he was on uh, the Red Green show for many years. Um, I would think he's worked in the States, so he would be both actor and SAG. I'm not sure. And uh, and then we have Jane. Jane Eastwood plays the warden's mother. And uh, she's been in many iconic uh, films. Like I think she's in Going Down the Road, which is just a classic Canadian film from the 70s. Um, and I think she just shot another, another uh, feature film, uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I'm not sure which one it is, if it's a sequel or even further than that. But uh, no, we're very lucky. We have these really super talented actors on the show. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. And uh, uh, congratulations on all the success of the show. Seems to be going great. Guys, definitely be sure to uh, check out uh, Pink is In, Bell 5 TV, uh, Amazon Prime, and uh, Tubi TV, right? Tubi TV, that's how you pronounce that, right? Tubi in the United States, yes. Oh, perfect. There we go. So, uh, and, uh, so guys, we're, we're going to call it there for, uh, this segment here, but, uh, I want to thank my guest, uh, Kim, Mr. Positive Lombard, uh, Kim, uh, thank you for coming on and, uh, we'll definitely stay in touch. I, I had a great time well, chatting with you. Yeah. But a really important question. Did, did you find that I was super positive? Yeah, I, I think you were very positive. You you were I, I it was just oozing through the screen. I could feel your positivity. There's no oh, negative. I do appreciate in you. that. Oh, yeah. I'll let Do you have a uh, uh, evil uh, twin named Mister Negative? I'm not that I'm aware of, but uh, shall I, I'll keep that in mind for next Halloween. Oh yes, there you go. Perfect, perfect. I expect to see some pictures of it just to see that the ultimate crossover episode positive negative um so uh we're we are going to take a short break guys we'll be right back but until then this is frankie and kim signing off thank you kim thanks so much for having me Welcome back to the Corcoran Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corcoran. I don't know what that was. A hello. I don't know what I was trying to do there. Anyways, uh, that was uh, Kim Lombard, a.k.a. Mr. Positive. Uh, thank you for coming on again, Kim. Uh, guys, be sure to check out Pink is In on uh, Amazon Prime, uh, Bell 5 TV 1, and uh, Tubi TV. Um, and stay tuned uh, soon for... Um, uh, our uh, upcoming episodes because we may have uh, some more people involved with the show uh, on uh, this show. So um, thank you again, Kim, for coming on. And uh, as I said, just be sure to check out Pink is In and show some support. Um, so my first solo discussion today is um, I don't really know what brought this on. I guess like I, I wanted to kind of talk about this for a little bit. Um, now, of course, like... Uh, when we're all watching or, or we're all keeping up to date with what's new in movie news and TV news and stuff like that, every time we hear reports that an actor has signed a multiple film deal, uh, then that means that so let's say for example, because I know that this I know this has actually happened uh, before. I remember um, when they announced that uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, 
who I guess, it, uh, by the way, is rumored to be come back to Marvel. Um, some people might be wondering about that. I don't think there's any validity to it. Who knows? It might be, but my opinion, there's nothing re really to think about there. I've touched on it many times. Anyways, um, I remember back, uh, pro it was probably about 10 years ago, I remember that now, when uh, it was after Iron Man 3 and there was all the speculation that uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, contract is up with Marvel and he's going to, uh, you know, whether Tony Stark dies in uh, Iron Man 3 or whatever happens there, uh, his, 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 his uh, contract is running out and that's it. They ended up re-signing him, I think it was like a three, or, 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 or it was like a multiple film deal. I can't remember exactly how many um, films it was on that contract. But I know that anytime they will announce that, okay, so-and-so actor has signed on for X number of films. Like, uh, let's say Robert Downey Jr. signed on for six more movies. Um, there's a lot of, uh, not confusion, but there are lots of people who will always take that as that's that that just confirms that they're doing Iron Man four, five, six, seven, eight because Robert Downey Jr. just signed a six film deal. Uh, and while that's possible, not it's not impossible that 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 could be the case if that were to ever happen. Uh, I want to give my opinion on why I think that doesn't ultimately when it, when that's revealed that an actor has signed a multiple film deal that ultimately means nothing. And uh, I'll explain why. Um, normally, when they sign these actors on, or 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 they're bringing people on for their projects and stuff, um, like let's say it's a big character. Let's say um, they're going to be doing I don't know. They're going to reboot Spider Man again for like the hundredth time, uh, and so uh, they want they they're like okay, like we have like lots of ideas. We have like at least three ideas. Uh, possibly more, but we're thinking three. Uh, so that let's say they sign whoever the new actor is for Spider-Man, they sign him to a six-film deal. Uh, and so then immediately that would get out in the news. So and so, uh, let's just say for example, I don't know, um, Timothy Chalamet. Um, uh, I'm probably thinking that because I'm gonna mention him later on in the show. Um, on on a different topic. Um. They say, yeah, Timothy Chalamet signs on for six film deal with uh, as a Spider-Man, um, and so th that could mean like yes, they're gonna do six movies or they're just gonna do the three. But ultimately, what that really is is the studios wanting to book the actor in, like like get them locked in so that uh, they don't have to use him for. They might even just use them for one movie. They could use them for two movies. They could use them for three. They could use them for all six. So, but really, they don't have to use the actors for all the films that are on their contract. If it's a six film deal, they can only use them for two movies. And then if that's it, like, yeah, you know, like second one uh, was good, we'll end it there. And that's fine. Uh, but if they do end up uh, going with, like doing more movies then contractually he is obligated to return like that's that's ultimately uh what that contract is for it doesn't always mean that it's always it uh, uh it's mainly just to sign this just in case we need you basically sign this just in case we do want to do more of this we're only planning on doing three 
But in case, you know, demand gets high and the studios want us to do another trilogy or something like that, then can you sign this deal so we can have you come back? Like, that's basically what it means. It's basically just uh, sign a multiple film deal in case we need you again, in case we're going to do more movies. We want to make sure that we have you locked in. That's basically what the multiple film contracts mean. And in and, and, and my opinion, why they don't mean anything, really. Um now, in some cases, that's not that isn't necessarily true. I mean, uh, they could very well use them. I mean, like let's say, as we said, Robert Downey Jr. They signed him for what, like a five film deal or something like that. I think he did appear in all five movies. Uh, but any time that they announce that so and so, such and such actor is signed on a six film deal, that doesn't mean we're getting six movies. Um, I'm trying to think of another example. Oh, when um. I remember there was all this big speculation. I'm kind of going back like years ago now uh, when it was Sebastian Stan, I think, signed like um, it wasn't even six. It was like a seven, eight film deal, something like that uh, it, around the time that uh, I think it was the Winter Soldier or Age of Ultron, I think, came out. And I remember there was so much speculation going on around then where it was basically, oh my God, this means that, you know, Chris Evans only has two films left on his contract and Sebastian Stan, they signed him for, for seven or eight. Uh, so that means that they're going to kill off Cap and then um, uh, Bucky is going to become the new Cap. So, you know, that's immediately where uh, everyone's brain goes. But my thing to, uh, to that is that doesn't mean, that doesn't really mean anything because uh, that's... That that also could have just been a, a situation of we just want to make sure that we have Sebastian Stan locked in if we need him again because uh, he's eager to do, you know, anything that we want him to do. Uh, whether we're going to need him for that many, I don't know. But just in case, let's just sign him on. So then that way, if we do decide that we want to do more films with Bucky, then he is contractually obligated to return. Um and of course, I mean, like, you know, spoiler alert for the MCU that uh, uh, Bucky did end up not outliving him, but um, surpassing uh, Steve Rogers in the uh, uh, Chris Evans, Steve Rogers. He did surpass him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where although Cap is still alive, he Chris Evans is done and Sebastian Stan is kind of, you know, picked up the shield, so to speak. I, well, technically it's Sam, but anyway, you guys get what I'm saying. That, so that's basically, I kind of wanted to give my thoughts on that because um, there's no direct examples that I can think of, like, fairly recently. But I just thought it was an interesting topic because I know in some conversations with some people, it's like, oh, well, they signed uh, this many films for a con uh, like, like a 10 film contract. That means that they're doing 10 more movies uh, with him. And then this means that this character is going to get killed. That doesn't mean anything, really. That's my opinion. And I think that's where um, that's where the majority stands. Um, but uh, anyways, I want to hear everyone else's thoughts on that, like whether you think that that is the case whether uh marvel or 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 sorry whether uh multiple film contracts do actually mean something uh it's kind of an interesting because sometimes they could sometimes they don't but it's something that we shouldn't take as fact when an actor signs a multiple 5 10 15 film deal you know what i mean it's more so just uh we want to make sure we have a backup plan because they don't want to sign him on for uh, uh, three movies and then they have plans for a fourth and he's not contractually obligated and he doesn't want to do it. And you're kind of like, well, shit, what do we do now? So it's basically just a uh, sign it in case we need you. 
And uh, so then that way you have to do it. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what it is. Uh, but uh, I'm still curious to see what everyone else thinks on that. Maybe they do really mean it something i mean like in the end they do because i mean it's it's contracts they do but just because an actor signs that doesn't mean that we're getting that many you know x number of films that's re really the point i'm getting at there but anyways definitely be sure to let me know your thoughts on that end and so our next topic i want to talk about this is a really um it's an interesting one um so of course it was announced that they're doing a legend of zelda movie a live action one, which I have been calling for for many years. I've been calling for that to to, uh, to happen for since I was a kid, really. Um, and now we're getting all these movies. All these movies that I wanted when I was a kid, now I'm getting when I'm an adult, which is fine. Uh, I'm just like, oh, shit, God. Just imagine if that came out when I was a kid. That would have been. But anyways, uh, it's here. It took it took longer than I, than I had hoped, but oh, well. We're getting a live action Zelda movie, which I am uh, really, really happy to hear. Um uh, something that's been a long time coming. We don't know much more aside from just that it's coming, it's greenlit, and uh, we don't know when it's going to be released. We don't know who's going to play who. Um, but so I saw... Um, now, of course, there's all the questions. Who's going to play who? Who's going to play what character? Um, I, um, I was kind of going through some of them, and I know that... Um, one that I think really stood out to me, which I think would be a great choice, I mentioned earlier, uh, Timothy Chalamet, I think, would be a, a great link, personally. Um, that's why I think he might be my, my number one choice right now. Um, I, I I never really sat down and thought of a list myself. I might have to do that some other time. I, I, I didn't have the time today. Um, I thought about that, like, really, really carefully. I said, yeah, that actually could fit. That actually fits like a glove, really. Um, I can see that. Um, and so that's just me going by, I mean, like I might do, uh, think, think, think of some actors and do up my own list. And I'm like, okay, then maybe T Timothy Chalamet isn't a good choice whatever, but just going by the ones uh, that I saw online, I think he's probably, I think he's my ideal choice out of all the ones that I've seen. Um, but then I, I noticed there were some that um i mean like to be fair i mean like this is a real i mean like i know people will take this out of context and try to and people would switch this and try to make it seem oh my god like you're horrible racist and that no 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 like just people people cling on to people are just crazy sometimes where it's like um yeah, it's it's weird. I'm trying to think of how to think about it. But uh, so one that I saw was uh, Justice Smith. Uh, so for those of you guys who aren't sure who that is, he played um, uh, 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 Tim. Uh, what's the guy? Um, his last name? Uh, Goodman, the guy, uh, the trainer in um, uh, what's the called? Uh, Ryan Reynolds Pikachu movie. It was a uh, Detective Pikachu is what it was called. Um so, uh, yeah, so he is one that people were saying, yeah, he'd be a great link. Like, he'd be really, really good. Uh, and while he's a good actor, don't get me wrong, I think, like, it's it's weird because uh, I know race isn't everything. Skin color is not everything. I know, like, that's just one thing. Like, it's as as soon as someone suggests like oh my god you don't want to cast that person because they're 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 black oh my god racist this and that it's like no just 
listen to what I'm saying here. Like, um, so you're looking at the character of Link, and I saw so, uh, some of the arguments people were making online, which is so stupid. Which is, uh, oh, but you're not actually you're 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 already race swapping because Link isn't uh, isn't actually white. He's an elf. Like, okay, and what and what's the color of his skin? White. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, to me, it's like, it's nothing to do with race. Like, 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 oh my God, people drive me nuts when it comes to like, um, so like for Link, I say, okay, Justice Smith, good actor. Um, but I would personally go for like a Timothy Chalamet or Tom Holland was one I saw in there too. Tom Holland. I, I could actually see that'd be a really, really good one. But then people will just take it out of context and say, oh, you just don't want him cause he's black and this and that. Like you're just racist and this and that. that that's like. Oh my god, like, you can't win with some of these people, because, look, Link is white, like, that's, that's what it is, he's white, you know what I mean, and it's, it's just so funny how you, how you're, like, it's so weird, like, it's nothing to do, like, people will take it out of context and say, oh, you don't want them because they're, 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 you're racist, and you're saying they can't act, I didn't say they can't act, people, like, like, people are just dumb and they're just saying like uh, like taking things oh it's just oh it it gets me frustrated like i lose brain cells whenever i see people online and they're trying to um and they're saying oh but links links uh not white he's an elf yeah a fucking race that isn't real <laughs> you know what i mean like it's oh it's so stupid and it's the people that will always try to make it just about race that's all it is it's like no it's look good example black panther wakanda forever or not just wakanda forever but just black panther t'challa let's say you casted tom holland as t'challa a white dude um look like that's 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 not who t'challa is you know what i mean like that's not what it's about and um so I feel like if people did that, they wouldn't be saying anything. But because it's the other way around, I think that's where it's like people are like, oh, my God, like you don't want so-and-so playing Link because they're black. No, because that's not what Link is. Like he's he's an elf. Yes, that's a different race, I guess, even though it's not a real race. His skin is white. You know what I mean? Like it's – yeah, I get so frustrated whenever I read the comments of people trying to use that argument and saying that, oh, by uh, – by, <laughs> by – um, making him white, you're already like, no, like, fuck, that's so stupid. It just drives me up a wall when I hear people say that. And I'm like trying to think of the words and trying to think about how, like, like get my thoughts together on how, um, it's just crazy. It's just so stupid how people think. Uh, but my opinion on the race swapping thing, I say no, like not, it's nothing to do with, with no matter how talented the actor is. You cast, uh, you know, and and this might sound somewhat insensitive, but you cast like a three hundred pound actor, you know, who, who's like, you know, a little overweight, a big like big obese dude to play Link. You know what I mean? Like that right there. It's a uh, okay. Look, he doesn't fit Link, the character that they've established in the Zelda games. You know what I mean? Like it just it it doesn't work. Like, it, it doesn't work, and it just drives me crazy. 
that people, oh, like, we got to be all-inclusive. We got to be all-inclusive. Do this. Yes, but when you've already established through how many games, how many Zelda games have there been? Like, several over the years. And you want to make Link, like, someone who he's not. Like, look, like I said, it doesn't matter. They can have all the talent in the world. They got to look look the part, act the part. Um some of them, sure, they can act the part, but do, do they look the part? You know what I mean? Like, that's, oh, that, uh, hmm. Yeah, anyways, that's my opinion on that. I'm like, I get so frightened, because it is a very, very uh, uh, sensitive subject, because especially uh, when it comes to race, you want to be careful how you say things, because, like I said, I'm not saying that that's why they shouldn't cast, like, like it's just, because that's not the character, that's not the character. Like, that's the problem. That's the problem with this whole thing is because it has nothing to do with the color of their skin or anything like that. It's who you've established through all the years in the Zelda games. Like, it's... God, I get so angry. This isn't even, like, a discussion uh, solo segment. This is just me just, like, trying to muster up the word. Like, like, like how do we... Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's just stupid, really. Um, <laughs> I'd all mapped out how I was going to say it. But then when I think about it, I'm like, there's not really a way to say it. Like, it's just people just need to stop taking things out of context and stop misinterpreting things. We're not saying, oh, yeah. anyways, yeah, I'm like angry over nothing. I'm just going to move past this <laughs> <laughs> this segment here. You guys So yeah, so um my top choice is Timothy Chalamet. He's got the look, he's he can act for sure, and uh, I think he'd be a great choice for Link. I really really do. And I'm actually uh excited to see Wonka. I think he's going to do a great job in that. Uh I was a fan of him in uh, Little Women. That was the first time I saw him actually, and he's a great actor. Fits the part, looks the part. Uh and I th- and now, 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 as I said, there's many other actors who could do it. Tom Holland would be a, a great choice. I saw someone say Tom Holland and, Zen- and Zendaya for Link and Zelda. That's an interesting one. Maybe Willem Dafoe as Ganondorf. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but um, uh, Spider or Alfred Molina, who knows? Um, anyway, that's just me being crazy. But um, anyways, yeah, uh, be sure to let me know your thoughts on the whole idea of the race swapping of link in the upcoming live action Zelda movie should they race swap him should they not I'm good either way but my opinion is just if you're gonna do link it's like it's like Mario they didn't change Mario they just made Mario how he is in the games you know what I mean like that's that uh that's all it is people weren't complaining I mean like I know it's it's animated or whatever but people weren't complaining that Mario wasn't black because Mario's not black you know? Um, anyways, yeah, be sure to let me know your thoughts on that, guys, and we're gonna call it there for the show today, um, we're going on for quite a bit, I wanna thank my guest, uh, Kim, Mr. Positive Lombard, Mr. Positive, Kim Lombard, whichever one you wanna say, I just combine them all together, um, so be sure, guys, to check out Pink is In, uh, uh, 2B TV, Amazon Prime, and, uh, Bell 5 TV 1, and, uh, guys, Playhouse Coral opens in two days, uh, definitely be, be sure to get your tickets, come support local theater, and, uh, you're in for a good show, I think. Uh, not being biased because, um, you know, I helped put, uh, put it together. Uh, but the cast is doing so good. Like, literally, you wouldn't have... Uh, sure, a, a script is one thing, but when you have the actors to bring it to life, that 
really is just on a whole other level. So um, definitely, guys, be sure to support us and stay tuned. Next week's episode is going to be our special Insiders podcast where we talk about the show, experience, and all that stuff. Uh, so definitely be sure to stay tuned for that. And uh, so, yeah, so we'll see you all this week. Hopefully, please come on out and support us. And uh, until then, I'll see you guys later. This is Frankie signing off. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy, guys.